Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. All right, all right, all right. Before we get started today, we just wanted to say welcome to the club. Footwork.club is now live, the official footwork website where you can find all the footwork content, including some new features. That's right. Along with our podcasts and guests, you can find exclusive written articles, including blogs about our own stories, free products that can help with chasing the dream, as well as our first official merch. All that and more. So join the club. All right, Janice Kamen, welcome to Footwork. Thank you. It's uh, it's nice. We finally we've gone back and forth a little bit, but we finally got our our time to to have Janice on. So Janice, we start every podcast with this question. It it reflects on our motto, which is make your own path. Essentially, it means to follow your dreams, um, whatever they may be, and you're not held to the normal roots if they don't fulfill you, whether that be a a regular job, a nine to five, or anything really. So, mm-hmm. what does make your own path mean to you? Uh, for me, I think it's to kind of chase your, your own dreams. And for me, this was a, a nice combination of traveling and playing football. And yeah, I think ever since I left Belgium, I, I really did this. And it was maybe a big step to leave Belgium because when I was young, I never thought I would um, go to the US or, or to France to play football. But uh, I really did it step by step. And yeah, it took me kind of all over the world. And I'm very happy that this was my path. Amazing. Now, now with that, I want to paint you a picture. Um, we're at Florida State University, American football game. It's the first game of the season. There are 80,000 spectators in the stadium. No sooner had the national anthem been sung, three fighter jets flew overhead, drawing the American colors in the sky. I looked at a French teammate, and now that I believe what we saw. I mean, please tell that experience. I can't even imagine what that was like. Yeah, it was, um, it was crazy. It felt like I was in the movies. Um, yeah, so first American football game, it was against, it was against Miami, so big, oh, big game. one. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the atmosphere in the stadium was was ridiculous, and it was so amped. And then yeah, they sing the national anthem already. This is really amazing there with all the people, all the students that are yeah crazy. And then after the national anthem, you have huge planes flying over, and really with the Europeans, there was a French girl next to me like where are we what is this because yeah it's what you see in the, in the movies or like at a right. professional american football game and this was for the first college game i was like okay this is gonna be cool it's so funny because yeah. i never really thought of it being an american i never thought how crazy that must be like american football game with like these mm-hmm. military jets flying in and everything like it, it must just be like did what did you expect going into I guess into your time at Florida State and I mean things like this? Um, yeah, I didn't have a lot of expectations. It was really a little bit the unknown. I was yeah wondering if it would be like in the movies and um, it kind of was. So yeah, it was I think one of the or if not the best experience I had so far uh, in my life as a football player, but even more as a person because it made me open up a lot more to, to people and to different cultures. And yeah, the, the atmosphere around sports in general in, in the US is, is amazing. It's something that we in Europe can, can still learn from. And also people in the street, when they see you're wearing uh, something from Florida State or anything that has to do with sports, like, oh, you're an athlete. And immediately they change their view upon you and it's yeah it's it's really really cool to see and to experience this Mm. and how did that come about that you wound up in florida um yeah so i had a teammate of national team at the time and she um played in holland with a an ex-player of florida state and uh, they were asking if there was a a belgian young talent player that could still go um, to college and then they come up they came up with my name and so all of a sudden, one day I got a, a phone call from America from Mark Ricoy and my coach. And I first thought it was a joke because I didn't hear from this player from national team that I might get a phone call. So I was like, what? <laughs> and then, yeah, the first year I didn't go yet when they were interested because we still with national team were in qualifiers for um, it was maybe our first Euros, but we missed it then. And then I decided to 
to kind of go for my own way. And uh, because I knew I couldn't combine national team with going abroad because we didn't have the, the money at the time with the federation. So, but I chose my own way and I, I went for this experience in the US. Was it scary to make that decision? Was there a lot of back and forth on whether to, you know, kind of take the chance and, and go across the ocean to America? Yeah, a little bit. And also so many rules and NCAA and all of this, the paperwork to fill out, doing a, a TOEFL test in, in, in Holland I had to drive to. So it was a lot that, that came around, but I was really motivated to to jump in the unknown. And yeah, I'm very happy I did. In the beginning, it was a little bit looking what was going on. But then as soon as you find your way around and uh, meet meeting the girls and the team, it was it was very, very cool. And what was the biggest difference you found? Um, because did you go there in the summer? So right into right into the season? Yeah, but the first season I wasn't eligible because okay. of- Oh, yeah, I don't know, something with NCAA being mm. too late to, to register. Mm. So it was a, a solid uh, training <laughs> time there because I did the practices with the team, but then also with um, a goalkeeper that registered and a player that just graduated. We, the three of us, we uh, did crazy workouts uh, extra with our, um, yeah, with our physical coach at the time, Duan Riggins. And it was, it was crazy coming from Belgium where yeah running was around the field just and not um, high intensity sprints and stuff like that so it was a very actually it was a good time to uh, to get used to the the training intensity and then yeah spring training is is also very intense but then uh, I was lucky to still play two seasons after that do you remember what your um usually a lot of the colleges have like a pre-season fitness test did you have one do you remember what yeah, it was? Yeah, we had the we had the beep test, the yo-yo. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the what was it called? Something three sixty-five yards or something. You had to go there and back, and you had to do this three times, and your time couldn't be above a certain time, otherwise you failed. Of oh, so the full to, the full field or? No, it was like short. It was with okay. turning, and then, okay. for example, if you had to do it in in. Yeah, under a minute, you really had to pace yourself that you didn't go full blast on the first one because the third, the three of them had to be uh, below a minute. So mm. I remember that this was a little bit stressful at the time. And was this the first time in your career where you had like these types of physical tests where at many schools, like if you don't pass them, you're not playing until yeah, you pass exactly. it. Same for us. So it was, uh, yeah, new to, to be as yeah, stressed for a, a running test like that. But I mean... If you prepare yourself well, it's uh, it's okay to do and totally you end up passing it. Yeah, and I mean we mentioned the physical part and the intensity part, but were there any other main differences, whether that be on the field or off the field, that you noticed right away that was just completely different to Belgium and the way that you either trained or lived? Yeah, with with our team, we um, I think we were tactically also very strong. Um, our coach really liked also the combination of American with an international players. And we had a, an interesting style of play with sometimes being direct and very dangerous with fast players, but also being technically able to really let the ball go uh, around the field. So, yeah, it was immediately a level up from uh, playing in Belgium. Mm-hmm. And what about the professionalism? Yeah, it was something I've never seen before. For yeah, D- D1 colleges are... Yeah. It was, yeah, it was amazing. The thing that shocked me the most was um, at practice when there was a, a water break that the, <laughs> yeah, that the physios would be coming, running on the field with the water bottles. And I was like, where are we? But yeah, this is, yeah, this was mind blowing that um, efforts like this were made for women's football as well. So I think I read that in one of your articles that you said that the physio students or graduates yeah. would come on and give mm-hmm. you water and that was their only job. That's yeah, another thing. During, like, Yeah, it's crazy. During practice, they just had to do this and make sure that the water bottles were always filled. And it was crazy. But from that and the, I mean, the facilities that I'm sure Florida State must have, like a lot of other big D1 programs. Um, I mean, this had to really like go above your expectations of, of what you thought was offered at an American school. Yeah, exactly. We had a, a great field, great facilities, locker room, video room, the offices for the coaches. And then 
We could also use um, the cold tub and everything from, from the American football where all the athletes could go. So mm-hmm. it was uh, yeah, something I, I couldn't expect to, yeah, to really see that this was possible, especially in college. So it was so it was big. Very good. So big. I mean, when you finally got the chance to step on the field, um, how, how did you feel like the standard was? How did you feel like the type of play was for you? Yeah, it was, uh, like I said, a level up from, from Belgium for sure. And it was, it was challenging to, to be physically and, and mentally ready for every game. And yeah, I really liked the pace of the play. And um, yeah, we had a solid team as well. So I was, I was very happy to be on the field with them. And then what was the difference between that and your next European contract? So after you left Florida State? Yeah, so it was back to real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, looking around. Over. Yeah, exactly. The American dream was over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was looking for um, yeah, a good team and a, a next step in, in Europe. And uh, I was looking, uh, I remember with my parents a little bit to the different leagues. And then we came across the, the French league. And um, yeah. I went to finally went to Juvisy then um, halfway through the season here in France. And um, yeah, they were second at the time and we ended second as well, qualifying for, for Champions League. And the last game of the season was against Lyon and it was uh, for the title. So we, we lost that game, but it was, uh, yeah, it was already immediately, uh, again, a level up from, from college because it's all of a sudden like really adult football mm-hmm. and um yeah, it was. I'm very happy that I, I made this right choice for me at the time to to come to France. Mm-hmm. And you say you say a level up, but I guess what people don't understand is, I guess the sacrifices that you had to make and had to do while you were playing those years. So mm-hmm. I also read that you were working part time at the at the time of this of this contract. That's true. Yeah. So uh, the first six months that I arrived there, I, I didn't work. It was mm-hmm. kind of uh, adapting, but this was actually also a little bit confronting and very a lonely time because, um, yeah, the whole team was either working or studying. And it was in the beginning also French. I, I got this in, in school in, in Belgium in high school, but it was getting to use to the language again. They speak very fast and yeah, it was these first six months was not very easy from being, coming from such a like a social country and atmosphere in, in the US to coming to France where everybody kind of has their own life and you don't have this college vibe anymore. So it was rough, but then um, my French got better. I got more, um, yeah, at ease with the language and mm-hmm. this made me feel a lot better in the group. And then, yeah, my second year, I, I went to finish my uh, degree in school because I did three years in university in Belgium, but didn't make my bachelor. So I finished that one in France then the next year. And then the year after I went to work part-time first at Carrefour at the supermarket. And um, yeah, this was also demanding because you're yeah standing on your feet the whole, the whole day, day and then yeah. you go to practice uh, in the evening. This is also something in the beginning in GVZ, the practices were at 7.30 PM. So also completely different than in the afternoon in college so mm-hmm. yeah it was uh, another challenge but um, I'm also very happy that I experienced this kind of uh, semi-professional football as well. What did you take away from that where you have to you know you're expected to give everything and perform while like you said maintaining a, basically a full-time job on your feet all day and then at night you have to perform and then on the weekends of course as well. Yeah, it's not easy because you feel the difference with um, in college, you go to school, but it's it's not like going to work or because um, I worked at the supermarket and then the year after I worked with, with little kids. And this is very fun, but also very draining at the same yeah, time. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, because it was close to practice. So you didn't really have a, a time to really like uh, recover a little bit and then go to practice. So yeah I think you really feel a difference when you can fully focus on on football than when you have to work or, or something next to it so I really appreciate the time um, that I had to be a professional athlete and could only focus on football mm-hmm. and you mentioned a little bit that um, you felt a little bit more at ease and a little bit more 
comfortable once you kind of learn the language and stuff like that. So, I mean, Sean and I both um, moved to Germany, had to kind of do the same thing, learning the language. Um, and a lot of our followers and listeners um, may try and do the same. So what is some advice that you would give to someone who's going to a new place and has to learn a new language to really adapt and assimilate to the culture and try and be comfortable? Yeah, I think it's kind of coming out of your comfort zone and putting yourself out there. Even though you make, mistake, make, make mistakes in the language, you just keep on trying. And then what I also did was watching shows either in the, the language or with the subtitles. And this really makes you see it or hear it mm -hmm. a lot. And, um, I think this is also a big help. So that's how it worked for me. And then, yeah, like I said, if you make mistakes, it's all right. You just have to try and dare to, to speak the language. I've heard that French people or French people may not be as forgiving if you're not speaking the language. Is that true? That is very true. Okay, so <laughs> learn the language if you're going to France. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because um, the foreigners here, they get French lesson as well because... Yeah, I understand it because on the field it's 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 easier if yeah if you speak the same language and that everybody can understand at least the basic terms in French. So mm -hmm. I think that's an effort that you also have to make as a foreigner, and it will only help you, I think, further along in your your life as well when you go on vacation or something that you feel comfortable with the language. Yeah, absolutely. And was there ever um, a bit of an ego hit or? a balance coming out of college where you were, I mean, you have people running out to you to give you a water bottle to then <laughs> moving to France where this is professional, but you have to work, um, you know, a job on the side. Was there ever like a thought of, you know, can, can I sustain this? Um, yeah. Like I said, it was a, a reality check because I had to bring my own water bottle to practice. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, in the beginning it really was, it was different because we also didn't have a, a training kit either so you all train in your own kit what you had at home so this was really a little bit back to how I was used to it in Belgium but then mm -hmm. in France it really started developing as well and in GVZ as well I think the next year we had the kids and the practices were a little bit earlier so everything slowly moved in, in the right direction. And how long were you there? In GVZ I was um, I think four years and a half. Okay wow. So, yeah. so during this time, I mean, you already mentioned that you played Lyon in a very important cup game, I think it was. Mm -hmm. um, during this time, were you having any doubt or was it just proving to you that you could play at this level and maybe you could take it even a step further? Yeah, I think it was, um, it was a very exciting time because it was also the first time I played Champions League uh, qualifying games in, in Belgium. But now it was really, after my first half season there, we went for Champions League and we lost in the semi-final to Lyon. Wow. So it was really an exciting time. And I really had my position in the team as well. So it was, for this, it was a smooth transition that I, I didn't struggle too much with, with playing time. And I, I knew I could do more for sure, but it was a, yeah, a nice transition. And yeah, my teammates were, were very good and helpful. And I think this made me progress during the years there as well. And what were some of the differences um, from, I mean, you said it, your college team had a bit of a mix of an American style and European style, but did you have a bit of an adjustment period when you first signed in France? Um, yeah, a little bit because it's, um, yeah, like I said, it's kind of more adult football. So the duels and everything are more intense and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it was more technical football, like more uh, a possession-based mm -hmm. game type of play. But on the other hand, yeah, the duels were, were solid and the, the pace of, of the game was higher as well than in college. So in the beginning, it was um, adjusting. But yeah, once you get the hang of it and you practice uh, almost every day at this level, you soon get a feel for this and you progress a lot. And being a professional, as you've been for quite some time now, what are some things that you try and do, whether it's in training or in games, um, to make sure that you're always progressing and getting better? And do you do, do, you do a lot of individual, in, individual training as well? Um, yeah, like my time in Montpellier, we had uh, every time a week we had a, a forward training. So this was just an hour on finishing. And for me, this was the best training of the week. Oh, it's the best, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and yeah, now in Lyon, um, I really try and, and, and listen to what the coaches say as little tips or advices to, to improve your game. And here you have to be on top of your game to, to be able to practice with the best in the game. And um, yeah, sometimes you do some extra shooting after, uh, after training with Ada or with Katarina. And um, yeah, those are times uh, that I really enjoyed playing football because this is the best, especially when the weather is starting to, to get nice again. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very nice. Now I want to segue here because I guess you just couldn't get enough of America because you come back and yeah. spend some time in New York where I'm from, but I think it's upstate New York, right? New York flash. Yeah. It's Elma Buffalo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So a little <laughs> bit different, but how did that come about and why did you decide to leave after four years playing in, in France? Yeah. I wanted, I wanted a new challenge because I felt like I was, um, yeah, at my end there, I felt like I, I needed something new to keep on progressing and to live in a different adventure. And then um, I still had a contact with a coach that I had um, in a summer league uh, in LA. And this, he well, now was the, the manager of uh, Western New York Flash. And so it came about that he heard that I wanted to move on and they had a spot. And so, um, yeah, the transfer happened. And I was very excited to go back to the US, um, even though it was for, in the end, a, a short time. But uh, I was very happy because... I had a dream and that was to win the championship and that's what we did. So check off the bucket list. Nice. <laughs> and what were the differences from uh, going from France to, to the U.S. in terms of, um, I mean, everything, especially women's soccer in the U.S. is, mm-hmm. is quite progressive and it's kind of led the world with, with fans and um, kind of the standards of everything around outside of the game. Um, I don't know about you could tell us about how technically the game uh, in itself is, but I know outside of the game, it's very professional. Yeah, it was. Um, it's really a culture in the U.S. women's football and people respect it so much. And it's very nice um, to feel that the people really respect you as a, mm-hmm. as a women's football player. And um, yeah, it was very cool to to get a taste of the the professional league there and uh, I remember the game in Portland the fans there are um, ridiculous and there's so so many and it's it's a great atmosphere even though they were then against my team but I understand that Um, (laughs) but it was uh, yeah it's different than in Europe still even though it's getting better in Europe but I think in the U.S. there's really a vibe around women's football and it's it's very positive to to feel this. Mm -hmm. Now you said it's getting better in Europe. So, and so, in what areas do you think it's getting better, and what areas do we still need to do more? Um, yeah, I think the publicity around women's football is is getting better now as well. And with Champions League, for example, with the zone mm-hmm. broadcasting all the games, it's uh, it makes it visible, and I think that's very important. And um, I think England is a, is an example for this. The, all the women's games are on the on the FA player and everybody can can watch them. But in France, for example, it's on Canal Plus and it's a, a paying channel. So I think they can still make steps in this to, to make it more available to people because when it's on, people will, will start watching it and will see it, um, will see the beauty of the game and not compare mm-hmm. it too much to men's football because it's, it is played differently with yeah different players. So it's fine, but I think, uh, yeah, if we can improve this still in, in France, for example, I think this will be a big step forward again. Mm-hmm. And as a youth player, um, I mean, I'm not sure, maybe you can tell us if, if Belgium is growing in this department too for, for youth women's football, but you actually grew up playing with your brothers and, and their team a bit. Is that right? Um, yeah, so I started in a an all men's club as the first girl and yeah my dad and my three brothers played there as well uh, we played in different teams but my oldest brother actually was uh, one of my first coaches when I started playing football so this was this was really fun to to look back at and um, yeah it was something in Belgium it existed women's football but me for example as a as a kid I didn't know that there was a women's league and if there was a a national team for women I had no clue about this I just started playing because I really liked the game and then really step by step you discover this this whole world and um, in Belgium there's it's still progressing but 
it really needs a yeah an extra boost from the from the male clubs I think as well to mm. to put money in it and really um, attract also foreign players because now it's a lot of uh, Belgian youth players that really get a chance to play which is good but you also need uh, more experienced players I think to to boost up the level of of the league. So. Yeah, definitely. How was your brother as a coach? Yeah, very, very good, very positive. Uh, mm. Not only for me, but uh, no, I. Uh, yeah, he still supports me until this day. I mean, my two other brothers as well, of course. But uh, it's always special with him to, to talk about football because yeah, he really loves the game as well. He doesn't play anymore, just on the amateur uh, level. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's cool to have uh, his support. I also read that you were doing your coaching badges as well. Is that something that you could envision for yourself after playing? I'm not sure if I really want to be a coach, but I think it's very interesting to, to have this different approach to the game as well and to see the game from, from a coach's perspective. It, it changes a lot from, from a player's uh, point of view. So I think it's interesting to kind of see this as well, and I think it can help me in, in my game still now. So, um, yeah, I still have to do my uh, internships, though. So it's not easy to combine now with playing all the time. So I have to see how I how I fix this. What are some things you've taken from that, uh, from doing the coaching license as a player? Yeah, you pay attention also to the opponent team and the, um, the formation that they play. And then you see kind of where the, the gaps fall, where the opportunities come and where you can... Uh, yeah, feel that they put you in difficulty. So I think this is something uh, that's really interesting and it's always kind of a, a battle between coaches and systems. And yeah, I think that's uh, quite quite nice to, to see. And so have you have you stopped yelling at your coaches now, just having a newfound <laughs> respect? No way. <laughs> <laughs> Never. I, I understand completely. Yeah, no, they're coaches, they can handle this. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, I'd like to segue. We mentioned it a little bit before, um, and I think it's a good time because after your time with New York, Flash came to an end. I guess there was an option to stay another year, but you yeah. had a really tough decision to make, and that had to do with the Belgian national team. So can you tell us about that a little bit? Yeah, so I had a meeting with the coach at Western uh, New York Flash at the time, and it was going a little bit back and forth um, between staying or not staying. And I knew I could sign an option year, but um, then we kind of both agreed that it was okay for me to go back to Europe because um, with Belgium, we qualified for the first time for the Euros. And I think it was important to, to be not too far away um, from Europe or to be in Europe, to be able to play all the, the friendly games leading up to the Euros and um yeah, that's how, it is, how I decided to go to Montpellier because they were interested in me um, when I left Chibuzi, so we kept contact. But I really wanted to go to the Yes to, to live that experience. And um, yeah, then it was more the, the rational choice to go back, come back to Europe and uh, go to Montpellier. And coming back, did you come back a bit of a different, new, improved player? Um, yeah, I learned a lot again from uh, my experience in, in Western New York Flash and yeah, just uh, the speed of the game as well in the US is, is incredible. You have players that run very, very fast and yeah, we played a little bit more direct football. So it was a lot of uh, back and forth running, a mm -hmm. lot of transitional game, but it made me, um, made me very fit. So <laughs> that was also interesting because Sometimes the, at the time, the French players were a little bit more laid back on, on that aspect. It was more about the ball. Um, but this has uh, evolved now as well. And we're running in France as well. So. Good things to take. Yeah. Um, some, some congratulations is actually in order because recently you won your second golden shoe. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. And the golden shoe is awarded to the, the best um, footballer for, from the country for the, for the calendar year or... Um, yeah, exactly. So um, they have this for the men's and then for the women's. But for the men's, it's only the players that play in the Belgian league. So it can mm -hmm. be um, foreigners. Mm -hmm. But for the women's, it's um, because we're not so many yet, unfortunately. It's just um, all the Belgian women's players that um, can win this. And what's that like? I bet just to be named something like that just must not seem real at times. Yeah, it was a, a very cool moment and I didn't expect it because I, yeah, I won it my first time um, three years ago, I think. Mm -hmm. 
and this time um yeah people said yeah i think you're gonna win it but i thought somebody else would win it and then um i ended up winning it with one point difference so it's uh, wow even sweeter sometimes <laughs> did you have a did you so did you not have a speech prepared or uh not really no but it was a good evening i had uh, my younger brother with me his girlfriend and a good friend of him and we just had a a nice evening and then it's very fun to to end it off with a with a trophy absolutely and another trophy that you won as a team um actually just watched some highlights the other day too because um, you had two successful penalties and shootouts, yes. which we'll touch on. But yeah, the congratulations for the Pinitar Cup. I'm saying that yeah, right? Exactly. So thank you very much. You're welcome. How is how was that like to to win such a, a trophy with, you know, your national team? Yeah, it was a, a very fun and unique moment because it was our first trophy and that we won. Of course, it's just a, a friendly tournament, but it's a prize and. Um, yeah, we didn't make it easy for ourselves with the two penalty shootouts, but uh, no, it was it was very fun to with this team to to finally win something as well and to be able to put a, a trophy in the air. And how far has the the Belgian national team um, come? Because uh, you said before when you were a kid, you didn't even know there was a a women's national team. To now, you are winning a cup. It is a friendly cup, but it's against top notch um, national teams. Yeah, we come uh, a far away, and I remember my first times playing for the national team. Just the staff that we have today compared to then is, I think, the triple or quadruple amount. So it's it's really so much more professional, and um, it's amazing to see how much effort the federation and also the coaches staff put into this and this also helps the the level of the players to, to get better and the expectations to be higher so yeah I was it's crazy to see how far it's come and then in 2017 we qualified for his first time for the Euros and uh, yeah Sarah was there as well and it was yes shout out to Sarah I got a message from here from a song from Adele that she was singing saying oh do you remember this time in the bus at the Euros <laughs> It's a great time and great memories. That's amazing. So what does the future look like? I know there's World Cup qualifiers coming around. So what is, what are your goals and the team's goals coming up? Um, yeah, for the Red Flames, it's, uh, we have two qualifiers in April now, uh, two away games. So in Albania and Kosovo, normally we should beat them, but never easy to, to go there. And um, yeah, that will be the end for the qualifiers for this moment. And then it's... Uh, after that full focus on, on the euros that are coming this summer so very exciting amazing can't wait to watch yeah, yeah. and so your your time at um you come back from the u.s from new york you're back in france um did this really help you um solidify your place in the national team were you were you part of the national team beforehand or it was more because um obviously traveling from the u.s to belgium uh, for camps and stuff would be a bit more difficult yeah, so after college, I was um, back with national team immediately when I was um, in Belgium or in Europe. So then after this, yeah, it was actually only six months that I was in the U.S. then the second time. So I don't know. I don't remember if we really, oh, we did have a camp actually. And I could go and it was very important and stupid. <laughs> but it's when we qualified for the first time for the Euros. There's so. been a lot of camps. Yeah, it's okay. exactly. <laughs> but it was actually, yeah, great because... I came from a high from national team qualifying for the Euros and then back to the US and then winning the championship there. So I, I was, yeah, very happy and uh, excited and to, to start a new adventure with Montpellier and uh, also a very nice club, very nice environments. That's really what, um, yeah, my mind and my body really like there as well, to be close mm. to the sea, the sun. It really helps with the, with the mood and then um, you really enjoy going to practice every day. I've heard great things about the city, although my pronunciation of it is just, it's not going to be tried tonight. So we'll just say, <laughs> wait, can you say it again? Montpellier. Yeah, good. I only knew because you just said it. <laughs> I, I worded my question beforehand, so I didn't have to say it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I'll still do the same. So that time in France, when you're back in France, um, yeah. what were some things that you worked on personally? And was it just a great time to really build yourself and get comfortable and improve as a player. 
yeah, we did, like I said before, we did a lot of um, forward training. And then, um, yeah, it was, the team quality was was better than I had in GBZ. So it was, um, yeah, nice. We had a lot of Swedish player, Dutch player, good young French player. So it was, again, a, a nice challenge. And uh, yeah, you learn from everybody. We had a Spanish player as well, Virginia, I think. Uh, you might know her because she just uh, she's a superhuman and she she won the battle against cancer so she she's back mm -hmm. on the field with Atletico and um, yeah she she's an amazing player as well technically mm -hmm. so it was very fun from the different cultures again to to learn different styles of football and to try and match this with your football and um, this is something that was more um, present in Montpellier than in in Juvisy, for example there it was mostly French players. So it was fun to, to find this again in Montpellier, kind of like it was in, in college. Mm -hmm. And are, some th are there things that you worked on mentally at your time at Montpellier? Um, yeah, I think just sometimes good. It's good for Yeah, no, I think um, it's always important to, to work mentally as well because there's always going to be ups and downs and trying to make uh, the most positive out of those downs and keep on believing in yourself and with national team we we also have a mental coach and um in the in the club now in Lyon as well in Montpellier not at the time but um no I think mentally it's it's just uh to keep on being a winner and to keep on uh, believing in yourself is very important I think yeah I think I also read in maybe it was the same article um where you really like to look on the positive side Mm. of life uh and in people so are there any difficulties with that i mean because the business of football can be quite um <laughs> yeah quite evil at times yeah so i mean does it, it has there ever been difficulties for that yeah i mean of course it's not always gonna be um sunshine and rainbows but uh yeah even though sometimes now as well i admit sometimes i have practices that i come home and i'm like oh Sometimes it's just confronting when you feel you're at practice and you feel already that you're not going to play in the weekend, but you still need to keep on going and improving yourself. And these are sometimes in the days that you feel a little bit lonely, but then you have friends like Sarah that uh, will pick you up. And then you say, tomorrow's a new day. Even if I'm not starting, I can still help the team with coming in or being on the sideline. And I think it's really not easy, but um again try and see the positive out of it and uh, the team needs you for a reason and whatever your role might be it's important that you fulfill it to the to the fullest I think well said well said yeah, well, and then you make uh, you make a move to Lyon and wind up winning Champions League in 2020 yeah. I mean now you're just you're just racking in the trophies at this point <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that was uh very fun even though there was COVID unfortunately but yeah. we won uh, we won the league the cup and uh, the champions league so that was uh I was like okay this is how it feels like being in Lyon <laughs> it's yeah. very very nice could you foresee this I mean you spent a, f a few a, a good amount of years in in France playing with different teams playing against them um, could you envision this happening when you were playing them? And what was it like when you finally got the chance to to suit up for Lyon? Yeah, when we when you knew you were playing Lyon, you already lost before the game like 50% in your head because you knew <laughs> it's a machine and you'll have to be running uh, after mm. the ball. But then, yeah, when this day came that they called me that they, they wanted me in the team, I was, I wouldn't say surprised, but almost honored. And I really thought, okay, this is happening. And um, I couldn't have dreamt of this before. I, uh, yeah, maybe wanted it. But um, yeah, the moment that this really happened and I signed the contract, I thought, okay, I'm at OL. And uh, I made it. Yeah, ready to go uh, every day, play with mm -hmm. the best players. And uh, yeah, very, very exciting. So what makes Lyon this prestigious of a club just to talk about, bring it back into women's footballs and some of the hurdles that I guess building leagues and building teams can come across. So what is it that Lyon is so far ahead of the pack in? Yeah, I think first of all, we have a president that really believes in women's football and does everything from his side as well to, to bring this team to, to the highest level possible and 
yeah, to have a support like this is is great. Um, we can travel to games with um, yeah private planes. This is something that you can't imagine in different clubs. You just go by bus or by train, and this is a luxury that translates with the players uh, performing because you're you're better recovered and yeah everything becomes easier to you. But now the last times the the leagues and the the players everywhere become they become better and better. So the difference becomes smaller and smaller and then you feel like even being Lyon you have to really step it up to to win titles and this is also very exciting because it means the game gets better and better and um, yeah I still believe we have a, a great team and I mean we only have two titles to win left this season but we will go fully to hopefully um, reach them. Amazing and and like you said, you kind of have this um, an expectation of winning. And I'm sure at this point, it's probably the first team you've been on where that is the case, where you're expected to perform and you're expected to win because of everything that's being thrown at the club or thrown at you guys as players. Um, how do you deal with that? Yeah, it's completely different than um, in the other teams that I was before. You were more the underdog, but now you are the... The team to beat and it's not always easy because um, winning doesn't come that easy anymore because like I said the the teams get better uh, even last weekend we, we got a draw against uh, the last team in the in the standings but they did a solid job and they um, they made it really difficult for us so yeah we have to try and keep the the advance that we have and we have to keep on practicing hard and there's a shift going on in women's football and it's nice to see because before there really was um, Lyon and they have a, a crazy um, yeah, international uh, European um, trophy. Uh, how do you say this history? Because yeah, they, they won seven trophies uh, of Champions League. So this is uh, like the men's of Real Madrid. So hopefully we still have the, the qualities to, to go for another one this season, but yeah, it's getting harder and harder, but this makes it more exciting and more appreciating when you win a game. Because I remember when I first got here, when we would win a game, it would be normal and the girls wouldn't be really celebrate. But now this year, after every win, we really do a shout and we're really happy to be together in the locker room winning, celebrating this win. And this is, um, I think, very important to, to really appreciate every win that you get on the weekend. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, with coming with a coming on a team like this comes with, like we've said, higher expectations, but also there's more of the limelight on you. There's more of the microscope on you. So mm -hmm. how difficult is that to handle this? Um, now you're even more in the public eye. Now you're seeing more um, as a role model and and how do you set an example for the next generation of, of footballers yeah I think um, when I signed for Lyon in Belgium they, they were surprised as well and they said okay and I got a lot of positive reactions from teammates in national team or um, all teammates in Belgium and all saying that they're proud of me and this this is very warming to hear this and then you want to make them pride proud and you want to show everything you got every weekend and yeah, even more in, in the Champions League games and everything because it's more, yeah, people love Champions League and I think it's the, the best club competition that you can have. So yeah, for me, it's just extra motivation to, to be here and to, yeah, they look at every detail you do, but this makes you more performant. And I think it's a, a nice pressure to feel because it, it, it makes um, you belong to the, the bigger teams in, in football and yeah I think this is uh, this is great it's not always easy like I said before but um, it pushes you to to limits that you maybe didn't think you could reach beforehand so and what about the sacrifices of being away from home I mean you've been away from home for for quite a long time now yeah you miss a lot of uh, family events I think I haven't been to a, a family reunion in uh, probably yeah 10 to 12 years I would say <laughs> because you just never have um, yeah. really a weekend off or able to travel back and forth and even though I'm just in France it's still yeah not easy to just go back to back home to Belgium and I am actually only home for a very short before national team every time so um, yeah I uh, my two older brothers they they got married already and I missed both marriages because 
I couldn't make it because of football. And uh, now my youngest brother is going to get married in, in May in Argentina. And it's the weekend of a Champions League final. So I hope I miss his wedding. <laughs> How could he do that? <laughs> yeah, he apologized. But this was the only date that could work for them. And Couldn't uh, just do the one after that. <laughs> exactly. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, I hope I, I can't make it. I'm sorry for my brother, Vincent, but he understands this. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure he understands. Um, just speaking on this in terms of we've talked about it in a few of our most current episodes, um, just this notion of managing expectations, because usually we have a plan of how something is going to happen, but rarely does it ever turn out like how we planned it. Mm-hmm. So for you, how important is it to be able to adapt and to see a plan that doesn't go the way you hoped it would and just be able to keep moving towards you know, a, a very similar goal? Yeah, I think uh, in football, it's very important to be able to adapt because everything can happen. And um, yeah, one day you can be feeling great on the field and the next day you can be injured or something happens that all of a sudden you fall out of the team or whatever it may be. And I think it's just important to keep the goal, the ultimate goal in mind that you want to reach um, collectively, but also individually, and then um, do everything you can to to make it happen. And uh, sometimes it goes easily, but sometimes it goes really with ups and downs. But um, I think that's where you see the, the mental toughness of uh, the real good players. Now, another thing I want to touch on, um, you were you're probably the first guest with the coolest, the coolest nickname. Yeah. Uh, the Belgian knife <laughs> yeah, uh, pertaining to the Swiss knife kind of mm-hmm. can do everything because you can play in many positions. Yeah. Um, what is your best position in your opinion? And um, how have you gone about playing all different positions throughout your career? Um, I think the position that I prefer the most is like a right winger. That is the, if I could choose, I would be. You had the clues when you said how much you like the this the yeah. shooting and finishing practices you know, really alive back. It's <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah. different though at some teams right yeah yeah and especially in Lyon if you play as a right back you can uh, overlap a lot and uh, right. this really makes it all worth it but I actually developed a love for defending as well because when you really can yeah prevent a goal or just be hard in the duels to make it as hard as possible for the forward of the opponent team it's really really nice as well and I think this helped me to become better as a forward but also as a defender because I've played both positions I learned from it um so yeah it's it's very interesting and here for Lyon it's at the time it's um guessing which position I would I will play (laughs) it's become a game at this point huh yeah it's uh yeah it's interesting (laughs) So how do you manage that too? Because um, we, we spoke on it earlier about ego and, and the role of ego. So I guess some players, um, many, probably attackers mostly, I kind of have that ego where I'm an attacker. Mm. So being able to move around and be utility is also a very, very good skill to have. So, I mean, how, how did you, I guess, adapt to that in terms of I was playing here, but, you know, the coach needs me here. I need to do a job for the team. Yeah, I think it's just a switch that you make in in your head and that you are willing to do everything for the team. And for me, this is um, where the coach thinks I'm the most useful in a certain game on whichever position it might be. And yeah, I've been used to it now that I play a little bit everywhere. And so it's, it's still a challenge because you have to prepare yourself for a game as well. And so it's not always easy when, for example, I prepare myself to if I'm not starting to come in as a right back, but then something happens and I come in as a left forward. So it's, it's different, but yeah, I think with the experience that I have now, it's, it's easier to adapt to this. And um, I think it's just a, a matter of yeah, switching it in your head and just being ready for whatever they throw at you. And what's some advice you'd give to a, an aspiring footballer in Europe or in the US uh, that wants to become professional? Um, yeah, I think it's just to, to find your own uh, path, like we said in the beginning, and working hard and never losing the the passion for football because it's important if you want to reach the, the highest level, you still need to go out there every day to practice and enjoy what you're doing. And I have the luck that every morning I'm happy to go to practice and I'm motivated to, to go out on the field because I think it's the best thing 
in the world that you can be doing. So um, no, I think hard work and, and dedication and motivation are, are very important to, to make it. Awesome. And we, we speak on making your own path. Um, where do you think your path will take you when it's time to hang up the boots? Do you, do you see a life outside of football or just a different life with inside football? I think a different life within football. It's um, yeah. Football is just, it's just really my passion. And um, I think it's, you can do so many things with it. You can combine it with a lot of stuff. And um, yeah, I think it's interesting how football can open doors. Um, yeah. With a, a teammate before COVID hit, we went to Benin in Africa uh, for Plan Belgium. And it's just to see how, the girls there, thanks to football, can really open up against the, the traditions that were not really women's friendly there and mm. uh, that they can go out there and have fun on the field and just play what they what they love playing. I think this is, is amazing. So I don't know really what I want to do, but I think this could be cool to, to maybe do on the side to really invest time in this as well. But then other than that, I think, yeah, in football, if it's um, managing, coaching, I have no idea yet, but um, I know I have to start thinking about this, but um, I'm a procrastinator on this. Uh. <laughs> well, I think, yeah. I think you have some, some time left. I've seen, yeah. I've seen a lot of the highlights of the, the, the last game since we, since we met on Instagram and I think you have a lot of time left. So there's no, there's no problem procrastinating. <laughs> oh, <thank you. laughs> um, one of the themes that we've touched on a bit here um, is just how far women's football has come, but also how far it still needs to go. And I think we probably, I mean, I don't know, but just from the people who interact with us, I think we have a little bit more of a male audience. So we kind of wanted to have a lot more female voices uh, on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So what can you say for, for a lot of our male audience in, in terms of ways that we can help build the female game alongside you? Yeah, I think um, it's amazing what you guys do already and in, uh, involve women's football in the podcast. And I think it's just a, a matter of willing to accept this as a sport that women also play football and that it's different, like I said before, than men's football, but we really have a beauty of the game as well. And um, yeah, I think the more people are open to this and willing to just give it a chance, it's, yeah, it means the world to us. And for our national team, every time new people come and watch the game, if it's uh, men, women, children, they always come back the next game because they think it's such a nice atmosphere that's around women's football. And um, yeah, I think this is uh, very important and something that, um, yeah, the, the men can also uh, start appreciating. And I'm very appreciative for the, the men and the women that already do this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love that. And before we get head into our fast feet round, um, one of the other themes that I saw come up a lot was um, a lot of these challenges that you just, you didn't regret them at all because you feel like they shaped you in the end. So how important do you think having those difficult experiences are for a person who's trying to grow and be the best version of themselves? Yeah, I think it's important because if everything would just go easy, then you don't really get a, a feel for it and you maybe mm -hmm. don't appreciate everything as much. And um, yeah, my path for the moment has been... Uh, yeah, not always the easiest path that I chose, but I'm very happy with every decision I took. And I think everything is um, step by step making me better as a player, but also more opener as a, as a person. And um, yeah, I'm very happy what um, football gave me throughout the years. Amazing. Well said. Now we'll transition to our little fast feet rounds. Our <laughs> still think it's a corny little I game like the show. Name. What do you think about, like what do you think about the name, there. Janice? Yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> she doesn't seem so convinced. We'll, we'll let it go. She's she's on the same wave as me. <laughs> so your your favorite moment in your career so far? Uh, I would say winning Champions League. Yeah. Most yeah. difficult moment so far? Um, when with Belgium, we were in the playoffs for um, the World Cup uh, for France, 2018, I think, and uh, 2019. Sorry, and. Uh, we missed it because we drew um, Switzerland twice and they scored twice in Belgium. How did you deal with that with the team? Was it just, was it very important to have the group alongside you going through that? Yeah, it was a, a very difficult moment because we, 
got so close to a new goal and yeah for me world cup is is really a dream and if one day i can make it there i think my career would be perfect and i would be very happy <laughs> but yeah i think it was yeah it was very painful and we worked really hard as a team then to come together to see what um, need to be better and um, i think we did well because we qualified for the euros now so we're on the right way mm -hmm. awesome favorite player difficult difficult you can give you can give growing up and now yeah, you can give a few could be there could be as many answers when i was growing up when i was little i really liked uh, romario from brazil oh, wow yeah, yeah. Baller. i have a uh, number 11 as well in oh cool yeah i yeah i liked him so much with my brothers in the in the garden we would do like the world cup penalty shootout and we would dress up in all the different countries and do all the celebrations <laughs> great great memories and then yeah from the women's there's so many great players but somebody that i really admired that just retired was formiga also from brazil mm -hmm, yeah until her 41 i think so amazing players so i really really respect them how about best advice you ever received um yeah best advice maybe um dream big that yeah you i love it i mean simple but it's still i feel mm -hmm. like none of a lot of us just set our expectations or settle too too low yeah i think so too people don't know what their limits are until yeah. they they push them yeah what about best player you ever played against um oh actually that's for me sorry against but yeah then with uh very hard especially now in lyon there's a lot of uh class players mm -hmm. um I would say uh, Sarah Yusuf. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I had a feeling. I had a feeling. Great. Yeah, she deserves this. <laughs> Absolutely. She set it in motion. Shout outs to Sarah again. Yeah. I think that's yeah. three or four shout outs. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Love it. <laughs> so if you weren't a footballer, what do you think you would be? Uh, a basketball player, I think. I, oh, really? Yeah. In the beginning, I played five years basketball when I was mm -hmm. young, but then I had to choose between football and basketball. So. I went for football. Do you still watch or connected to the game at all? Um, yeah, our national team, uh, women's, uh, is very good as well. They qualified mm -hmm. for the World Cup now just uh, cool. a month ago, I think. So they're doing very good. At the Olympics, they just uh, missed the semifinal, I think, by one point from Japan. So. Do you have any favorite players in basketball, whether on the Belgian team or worldwide? Um, there's a lot of good players, but um, from Belgium, we have one that just retired, Anne Wouter. She was really great. And now uh, we have Emma Mesemann, that is a, a very, very solid player. And she's going to play for Chicago now as well. So, oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. What about favorite book? Um, yeah, I have a, it's called The Life List. Very, very cool book and uh, kind of like a bucket list that somebody wants mm -hmm. to do. So I really kind of related to it. It's called the life lists. Yeah, the life list. Cool. We always like to keep a nice Write list down. Of, of yeah. We we always like to read. Uh, we we believe in what our guests recommend. So yeah. I hope you're not I letting us down. Not the, the most manly book. But <laughs> Doesn't yeah. matter. We'll find out when we read it. <laughs> I'll get back to you. This yeah. one um, kind of piggybacks off of advice, maybe with books too. But is there any quotes that you live by? Um, I don't know if it's really a quote, but um, I really like the sentence, always look on the bright side of life. And mm -hmm. uh, it's funny because it's a song and my mom said that this was the first song she heard when I was born. So I think it set it, it in motion. It wow. really fits me. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Wow. I Brilliant. mean, yeah. Deep. <laughs> yeah, Deep. I mean, Deep. I was just, I was just thinking, that's not, if no one's claimed that yet, you should claim that it could be a, Jan a Janus uh, original. Yeah. <laughs> Heard it here first, people. Well, we want to thank you so much for coming on uh, an amazing episode. Uh, best fast feet ever. And we're keeping that name, Sean. Um, but seriously, thank you. Well. Say again. It grows on me as well, the name. It grows the more on I me. Hear it, the more... Feet, yeah. It's like... Hey, You're we'll being see. nice. <laughs> we'll see. But we want to wish you the best of luck um, with a nice tight season coming up, battling with PSG, with your qualifiers, with the Euros coming up this summer. Um, we can't wait to watch. But 
where can people find you? Where can people either watch games or find you on social media or anything like that? Um, yeah, the games uh, with Lyon, the Champions League games are coming up uh, on the zone. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, with national team, it's on, it's on Belgian TV, but quite easy to find as well with a streaming or something, I think. And then others, yeah, just my name on social media. Cool. Great. And I hope, uh, full respect to your brother, Vincent, but I hope he misses wedding and he wins the <laughs> Champions League. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll end the season on that. We all hope. Yep. Sounds good. Thank you very much for the invitation. It was a it was a nice time with you guys. Thank you. Appreciate we're glad we're we, glad we lived up to Sarah's word. <laughs> yes. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> such a unique story, such a unique guest. I mean, that's our first Champions League winner. So first off, that's insane. We thought in the first few episodes it would just be our moms and dads listening. <laughs> and I mean, look, we have a Champions League winner on. And such a unique story of having to work in a media department while she's trying to pursue a full-time professional gig. And, you know, we've had all of these guests from around the world, Sean, and, you know, playing at all different types of levels. And still a lot of the lessons that you can get are the same. A lot of these pushing your comfort zones, you know, adjusting, managing expectations, being able to, you know, work from challenges and be a stronger and better version of yourself. I mean, if you don't listen to it from a Champions League winner, I don't know who you're going to listen to it from. Yeah, incredible. I mean, what a come up too. Mm. you know, having to work this part time job and she's been nominated twice as Belgium's best player. Um, I mean, that's that's incredible. That's no slouch. I mean, that's what De Bruyne is winning. You know, it's mm-hmm. the, for the women's game. That's incredible. Um and just, yeah, you know, constantly she's made a step forward every year yeah. and she continues yeah. to make a step forward every year. And she obviously has a huge impact because everywhere she goes, she wins. Yeah. Um, she went to the U.S. and she won uh, the mm-hmm. championship there and left then went to Lyon and won Champions League. I mean, that's that's not just an accident. I mean, when you no. see a serial winner like that, um, you can tell the quality that she has. It's building that winner's mentality, and she kind of touched on it and why it's very necessary at Lyon. And I think all of those steps, like you said, Sean, kind of led her to this. All of those challenges, working the job, you know, not really having the the women's programs when she was young and having to play with her brother's teams and things like this. I mean, all of those things kind of created this winner's mentality, all the themes that we touched on um, in today's episode. And You know, it was an honor to have her on. I can't wait to watch um, the Euros. I can't wait to watch the World Cup qualifiers. And yeah, I hope everyone out there support her, um, support the team and, you know, follow her on social media. Follow us on social media, uh, footwork.club, you know, the deal. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to go into us, but we have to. It's the end of the episode. And yeah, I mean, we've we've come a long way, like I said, jokingly that, you know, the first episodes was just going to be about us. And we transitioned to where we thought we could find a lot of parallels between guests and our stories and bring in some new perspective on different journeys and those outside of football, too. But, you know, it just shows how we've come a long way, too, when we can have, you know, players like her come on and tell their story and we can all learn from and you know, Sean and I reiterate this, that a lot of the reasons we do this podcast is just to have these conversations, to learn ourselves, to gain from this ourselves. So, you know, thank you guys for supporting um, footwork.club, like, and subscribe on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, you know, Wag says at the end, the dances are going crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're everywhere. We're just hoping to build a nice community of like-minded individuals that can learn from each other and from each other's experiences to be better versions of ourselves. So I'm going to mic drop it there, Sean. And Yeah, I mean, I have nothing to add to that. One thing I did <laughs> want to add uh, before you just did a beautiful, smooth Sorry, transition to us. To. But uh, I think it's sick how she played, you know, against Lyon for six seasons, mm-hmm. you know, meaning she played them at least twice a season, 12 yeah. times. And like she said, every time you play them, you're already lost in your head before you play them because you know that they were just so much better than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And then to finally make the jump to, you know, they want you on the team and then you go there and you're playing week in and week out winning the Champions League. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great to see. And just, I mean, the persistence and consistency that she's obviously shown to get that opportunity to play for the best team in the world. Yeah, well said.
nothing more to add. Sean no. killed it on top of me killing it. So <laughs> thank you all. And yeah, let's keep going. So until next time, keep moving forward, keep learning and make your own path. Footwork is sponsored by ourselves and great companies such as Kong Fitness. But we love to partner with new brands to make their own paths, so get in touch if you must. Footwork.club, the official footwork website is now live, so make sure you go join the club and check out all the new content and all the new features. Find us on YouTube at Footwork Podcast. You better like and subscribe while you're there. If not, I don't know what's done. Find us on Instagram at Footwork underscore podcast. Great time there. Twitter at Footwork Podcast. TikTok at Footwork Podcast, where we like to post dance videos those are great but more importantly amazing content for any dream chasers out there plug plug pass tell your friends your enemies your mother your brother your sister your pastor it doesn't matter who tell the mailman your dog anybody that can listen like subscribe review because all of that helps while you're there we'll take whatever we can get to join the club join the club he messed me up i mean he can just he can just mash it together so it's fine (laughs)